Welcome back, everybody. I'm getting myself a little toasty little coffee, and uh, so should you, because it's coffee time, so we're going to start things off with a little fucking ASMR. I'd like to thank Bob Marley for that beautiful coffee. And before we start things off, I would, uh, first of off, first of off, I would like to thank our first ever major sponsor for the podcast, everybody, Woo! which is Kenway Construction. Um, Kenway Construction has the best topsoil in the world, and it's actually ran by the most attractive man in the world, actually. Fun fact, if you guys did not know that. Um, also, a fun fact, I'm wearing pants today. If you're not watching the visual, I'm wearing pants today that are short. It's like the style of them, you know? They're like, they're like cut off a little short, but I'm wearing them with these little booties. I look damn good, but um, I mean, everyone watching on YouTube is probably getting a crotch shot right now, but man, the amount of people, every time I wear these pants, hey, are you waiting for the flood? <laughs> it's like, bro. You know how many fucking times I got to listen to that? It's like whenever you go to family functions and you're like over the height of six foot, everyone's always like, oh my God, I remember when you were this tall. What are they putting in that water? Anyways, I just uh, reenacted everybody's Aunt Susan. So we're just chilling here right now. Um, it's currently about 3.30 on a Tuesday. It's dark again, like the last time I filmed the podcast. And I want to start things off by saying, yo, fuck the darkness, bro. Holy, it's brutal. It is terribly disappointing. It is terribly depressing. But we make best of it, and I always have a smile on my face. Because if you're on YouTube and you're on an influencer, micro, 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 micro influencer, um, then you're always happy and you can never be sad. Okay, so there actually is some structure to this first podcast, which is surprising. Um, <laughs> and in the last podcast, holy fuck, you guys, I'm so dumb. Well, I mean, you guys knew that. But <laughs> the whole other podcast, if you look at how I was holding the mic, I was holding it backwards. And like these Yeti mics, they have different settings. Um and basically you can kind of select like if you wanted to film like directional or record directional sound or like the 360 and I had it set on the wrong setting and on that setting I was just holding the camera in the wrong spot. So that was fucking amazing and that was beautiful. But first thing we're going to start off today with is we're going to talk about TikTok. We're having the discussion. All right. I don't fucking care. We're talking about TikTok. I'm on TikTok at KWDC2000. At KWDC was taken. And also, that motherfucker that has at KWC on Instagram, I have sent countless messages to you, bro. I've, I've started at $25, and I've gone all the way up to $70 now. I will pay you $70 if you give me at KWC, all right? Everyone goes, what's up with the fucking 2000 Why 2000 Hey, bro, why fucking 2000 I'm like, man, I just... I don't know. I, I don't know what to tell you, okay? Like, fuck off. It's, it, 2000 was a year that my dad took over the business from my grandfather. Um, and then, I mean, that was a terrible branding mistake, but logistically, it made a lot of sense. But, like, logistically, he really only had to do that for, like, kind of paperwork purposes. Let's just leave it at that. For paperwork purposes and, like, you know, logistical side of things, making an offshoot business from Kenway Construction made a lot of sense, but completely slapping out all over our stickers and everything, I think he agrees that it was one of the stupidest things that he has done. But um, I went ahead and made an Instagram account at KWC2000, so I'm just as fucking bad, I guess. Mm, mm -mm. Oh, shout out to Bob Marley for that beautiful coffee that we're having today, folks. Mm. So we're starting things off. We're going to talk about TikTok. TikTok. Again, at KODC 2000. That's where we were going with this. Yes. Okay. I'm on track. I'm on fucking track. It's all good. It's all good, bro. So basically with TikTok is um, it's a bunch of underage girls dancing and it's terrible and cringy to watch and you feel like 
a pedophile watching it. So literally going on ins- or going on TikTok is like a fast scroll through like until you see a male and it's like okay I can watch this this is safe because honest to fucking god like I know I'm making a joke about it but I mean that's everyone's consensus with TikTok right now is it's like when you think like your 13-year-old daughter is up in her room studying for her next fucking science class she's really making TikToks to songs that are like Fuck me, suck me. She has thought I want to fuck it. Not on my face. She let me not on off it. Like I'm not even kidding. I know that talking. Like I'm not. I'm not bringing up the whole young kid thing, and that's a really fucked up subject to be on. But man, these like this is a funny story. So I have a young niece, and she's like, sorry, she's not my niece. She's my cousin. She's my, yeah, Jesus. Um, <laughs> so I have a young cousin who is like 12, 13. I won't say her name. Um, and basically she has TikTok and she, I was, I'm always, you know, interested in like, what's that next platform? And like, obviously TikTok is that next platform. Um, will it crash and burn? I don't know. But right now it's that hot next app. Um, it's, it's definitely the hot next app. And like, I know I'm joking about the young kids and everything, but look at Facebook, look at Instagram. They only like Facebook's majority, your aunts and uncles and older people now, um, but it wasn't always like that. I remember when Facebook was for kids and I remember my dad being like, oh, just a bunch of young kids on that Facebook and blah, blah, blah. And literally that's what it was. And even Instagram, it was younger kids who started it. Like you were probably 14 or 15 when you got Instagram. Um, so that's kind of what the stage TikTok's at now. And you just need to understand that, that yes, it's infiltrated with a bunch of young kids right now, but there's a lot of mainstream kind of influencers and brands that are actually um, starting to pop off on there. There's a girl that just blew up. She got almost 9 million followers in two fucking months. Charlie D'Amalio. I don't know if that's how you pronounce her her name right. Insane. And she gained almost 9 million in two months. And a funny discussion that I almost had with uh, one of my good buddies, Brent Colby, um, who was kind of wrapped around in the whole world of like, you know, social media marketing and all that type of shit. And he put up a story and he's like, sorry, Brent, putting you on the blast. Um, (laughs) And he basically was going on saying how, you know, it's from China, so he, he wasn't saying it was fake. Um, like, they're, they're producing fake impressions, fake likes. It's just kind of they're blowing up their numbers out of proportion. Um, but, you know, obviously China does have a bit of a history with lying about numbers and blowing stuff out of proportion. Um, but it's just kind of crazy how fast that this girl, who's, I think she's 15, and I remember seeing her on my For You page, which is like the trending page, I guess. Um, well, I don't guess it is. And uh, I remember when she had 117,000 and I was like, wow, like this is insane. Like she's just dancing or lip syncing and and doing her thing. Um, and she's not obviously like, there's people who are like, there's young girls who are doing some per, per, what's the word I'm looking for? Not pierogi. That's something you eat. Prerogative? Derogative? I don't know. Just some crazy dances that are like, damn, but this girl's actually, honestly, I think she is, she has a dancing background, but like she had a fan meetup within a month of like doing it. Now, I'm not sure if she had, because TikTok is formerly Musical.ly, um, so I know that there were some transfers over from there, but honestly, just the whole TikTok thing just blew up. And anyway, that's what Brent was uh, talking about, was like how fast these people are blowing up. And I was just watching the Impulsive podcast, and Logan was joking about how he uh, got a blowjob from a girl because he's like, hey, let me fucking, I'll do a fucking TikTok. Or she's like, you do a TikTok, I'll, I'll give you a blowjob or something like that. And he ended up doing it. And like, he's like, man, I gained 200 or 250,000 followers overnight on TikTok. And it was like, that's insane. This, it is the fastest growing, growing platform out there right now. And honestly... I've been messing around with it, making some videos and stuff like that. And because, I mean, like, I look at it like it's part of my job. Literally, it is um, to look at, you know, new social media apps, new places where people are. And, like, I I made a LinkedIn post the other day, (laughs) total opposite end of TikTok. Any kid who's on TikTok, they'd be like, I I thought it's like that. (laughs) That sounds boring. 
Uh, yes, it is. Um, but it's great for business and stuff like that. And I don't utilize it as much, but I did yesterday, and it ended up great. I had this guy DM me um, who's with a media group um, that is totally respectable, and I respect the fuck out of them. And he reached out, and he was just kind of talking, and uh, that was great, actually. So LinkedIn, big shout-out for, for LinkedIn there. Um, but, you know, it's just kind of insane because the whole growing on online and like like learning where the kids are learning like where that next generation and, and sorry that's where I was going with the LinkedIn post um, was I made a post and at the end of it I said I'm you know I'm not going for the baby boomers I'm not going for the boomers like I'm going for Gen Z which is the generation below me because I'm a millennial and that's just fucking it and like that's why I think that it is well I don't think I know it's part of my job to analyze, research, and, and figure out what these next trends are, um, you know, and then not only to find the social media apps or to find the social media outlets that these, these you know, Gen Zs are on or that, you know, the whole world is going on, um, but then to find, okay, what's popping off on these, you know, what type of content works and what type of content doesn't, because if you're in marketing or, or anything like that, then you know that, like, something you post on Facebook won't pop off as well as something on Instagram. Like, there's different content for, di for different social outlets, which, you know, if you're in marketing, then you understand that. But if you're not, then I'm telling you that there's just different things, like my goofy kind of Instagram videos and shit like that. I don't really post that stuff on Facebook and stuff like that because it's kind of an older crowd and my Facebook stuff for Ken White Construction, it's like they want to see like, you know, the really nice cool looking pictures and, you know, maybe a video, but a video that doesn't have swearing or like crazy, you know, hardcore rap music in it and like stuff like that. Um, so anyways, the TikTok thing. Yeah, so it's just a crazy fucking platform right now filled with underage girls dancing to these songs where you're listening and it's like, uh, I'm going to prison, I gotta throw this app out. Uh, it honestly is, it's bad. And I'm not saying that trying to be in a creepy way, like I'm saying it in a way where it's unavoidable when you're scrolling through your For You page and it's like, Jesus, man. But the creepy thing is, is like the comments then are full of these guys who are like, Ooh, baby, or like sand shit, and then the girls like comments back, and she's like, uh, "I'm like 13," and then they keep like, yeah. Anyways, it's a scary app. So if you have kids and you're listening to this, I don't know how many of my viewers have kids, but uh, make sure that they're not on TikTok doing that sort of stuff because, like, I always look at it. You know, it's oh, maybe I'll save that discussion. Like raising my own kids, I don't have kids yet, but when I do. Maybe I'll save that for another one um, because I have a lot of questions, actually, that you I asked you guys on Instagram. If you're not following us on Instagram, at KBDC2000, make sure to follow. And if you're watching us on YouTube right now, make sure to hit that subscribe button to Tay Talks. Tons more podcasts coming out. And uh, I want you guys to comment down below on this video topics that you want me to touch on or talk about or anything like that. So comment down below, all that sort of stuff. Um, so I had people on Instagram send me questions that they wanted me to talk about, and we're going to go through those. Mm. Oh, baby. I run on coffee. So, <laughs> my uncle's giving me a hard time uh, over text. Okay, so, questions. Um, oh, man, so many questions. Wow, this turned out great. Man, shout out to everybody. I'm going to try to say your names. Is that cool? You think? Saying, yeah, I mean, I, why not? I mean, I'll just say the first names. I don't have to say their entire names. Okay, how do I? Here we go. So, uh, Max says, how your business, uh, okay, how's your business expanded and grown so, sorry, I'm just, I think his typing was a little off, so I'm just trying to, how does your business expand and grow so well? How did you get like how did you get into topsoil and septic? Okay, so topsoil I can speak on because that was me, but the septic was honestly we started doing septics in like when my grandfather started the business in 1968. And that is why I wish he was still around here today to speak on that. Um, I, so I have no idea how he even got into septics, what his mindset was to get into them, 
And those are questions that really bother me that I don't know the answers to them because I would love to highlight those answers. Um, but all I can do is assume and kind of answer it in the sense where I think he probably saw a niche for it. Maybe there wasn't um, people in the area doing it. And he's like, hey, I have the equipment. Because he had, before Ken White Construction, there was Ken White Construction Farm or Ken White Farms. And like he just kind of like hauled gravel, hauled topsoil and uh, and stuff like that. And actually it was funny uh, talking about the topsoil. My grandfather used to actually haul topsoil and stuff like that. And it's funny now that I'm kind of doing it again full circle. And I talked to someone because I live in a small town, right? And like someone from the from my town was like, your grandfather used to tell me. What did he say? If it's not, it was about the dryness of the soil. He goes, I got soil so dry that by the time I get there, it's gone. Um, which obviously isn't amazing, but it's just a joke um, as terms of like he doesn't have wet, clumpy soil. Soil's dry enough that the wind would blow it out of the box on the way to go deliver it. I thought that was funny. Um, so how did uh, I get into topsoil? Great question. So I got into topsoil, well, whenever I started taking business more serious about three years ago. Um, but I really heavily started investing into the topsoil two years ago. Um, but the first year, honestly, we used, we had a screener and a stacker. Um, we had it here. It was purchased maybe six or seven years ago. Um, a large company, Acon, like one of the world's largest construction companies, they bought a company in town called Carson's, which is a large construction company, but nowhere near the scale of Acon. So their division's called Acon East now. And basically they were retrofitting new stuff like six or seven years ago. And they had this old screener and stacker. Uh, and it was actually really interesting because dad got wind of this, that they were trying to, you know, retrofit new stuff and get rid of some older stuff that was still awesome and like maintained amazing and everything. And it came up that it was this, just the screener. Yeah. It was just the power screen 510 commander. It came up. Um, and I'd have to get dad and, 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 and ask him what the whole, that whole process was like dealing with them and stuff. I wish he was here for that. But, um, Basically, I remember the day that we picked it up from their pit, like, you know, five or six, six or seven years ago. Uh, and I was still at the time was in high school or college, not knowing what I wanted to do with my fucking life. Um, just getting drunk every day and like not wanting to be like I was just your classic shithead. Uh, I didn't go out. I didn't go live out west at this point. So I was still like wrapped up with the same old girlfriend who was just like, it was just like, everything was just toxic. And like my friends I hung around with, they're great guys. Like the guys that I hung around with in high school are great. And I always say that I'm not shitting on any of them. Um, but I just have different goals in life. And in order to achieve those goals, I needed to separate myself from kind of doing those uh, extracurricular activities, you know, like just drinking and smoking and, and doing that, that type of stuff. Um, and just being around like-minded people, that helps a lot too. But um, about three years ago, then whenever we had the screener and stuff, I was like, fuck, like, I said to dad, like, remember one day, I'm like, why don't we, like, try to sell this stuff? Uh, and a quick, quick, quick flashback, whenever I was, like, seven or eight years old, my dad drove me around this yard whenever he first bought it, and there was dirt piles everywhere. And I remember him driving around, and this is, describes my dad perfectly, and he goes, what do you see? He, he looks over at me, I'm in the passenger seat, and he nudges on me, and he goes, hey. And I'm like, what? Because I sound like a, a girl, right? Because like, my balls didn't drop yet. And he's like, um, what do you see here? And I'm like, I don't know, what do you mean, dad? And he's like, what do you see when you look around here? And I'm like, dirt? And he's like, no, money. <laughs> and, and that, honestly, I remember that so well because that's whenever I saw this like three years ago, I was like, Dad, like you told me that this was money sitting here and it is like whenever you think, uh, you know, a truckload of premium topsoil can be six hundred dollars. And if you have the material to make it, um, you know, coming off the end of the belt works out to be like, I don't know, three dollars, four dollars a yard and you can sell it for 
you know, 15 to $20 uh, a yard. So you're like, okay, I can make a decent profit off this stuff um, if I get the clientele. So essentially, that's kind of the thought process that went through my head. I did the calculations. I understood how much, um, you know, it was going to cost me to put at the time. I was the one making the soil. Al does it now. Um, but I'm still very heavily involved with every aspect of it. Something goes wrong or breaks on it, I'm there fixing it, cranking on it. Um, it's kind of like still my baby. I haven't gotten to the point where I can just like walk away from it and it run itself. Um, unless there's trucks coming in uh, and Al's just writing bills all day and just loading trucks, then that works out perfect. But as far as reaching out to new clients or fixing stuff or installing screens or maintaining uh, the quality of soil, I'm still heavily involved in that. So essentially, um, honestly, I just, I, I start the first year, I remember, you know, I didn't do anything crazy with numbers. You know, it was, uh, you know, maybe 10 to 20, $30,000 in sales, which, um, you know, is, that's, that's awesome and that's great. But again, like my personality, the type of person that I am, um, it just wasn't enough. Um, and like that's kind of a downfall to my characteristic. Uh, does that even make sense? That's like a downfall to, I guess, like aspects of my personality where like I remember when I first like, yeah, I mean like with topsoil, I was like, you know, like, hey, it'd be awesome to make. Imagine if I sold $20,000 worth of soil and then you do it and I'm just like, Okay, like twenty thousand was cool, but like fifty thousand would be even cooler. So, anyways, that's basically my was my mindset, and and I understood that, you know, through my dad being my mentor, um, I understood that we had no clients, we had zero topsoil clients, and I honestly, basically, I started my topsoil business on Kijiji, and if you're from the states listening to this, then uh, it's equivalent to like Craigslist. Um, and I just would run topsoil ads and I would pay $7 every 14 or 21 days for it to be the top ad when people search topsoil and nobody else was paying for these top ads. And I was like, cause it was kind of like an older crowd selling topsoil. There was really no, at the time I was 21, there's no 21 year olds really kind of selling topsoil. Um, so I understood like technology and computers and stuff. This is before I even understood what marketing was or how it worked. Um, but I was doing it kind of subconsciously. So then it kind of picked up from there because I was selling specifically to, to homeowners. And I had a conversation one night at a dinner with someone. Um, and he was, you know, obviously I'm a young guy and I was just fucking up the market. Not fucking up the market, but I was, that's terrible, wrong words. I was... I was coming into a market where it was an old guy's crowd and these guys already had were setting their ways on prices and stuff like that and I guess it just kind of pissed some people off. So I was at dinner with this guy one night who has like a depot and I remember him, you know, he was just giving me shit, talking mad shit and I just sit there and take it because like, whatever, I, I don't care. That's the way it is in this industry, you know? You just, sometimes if you're younger, you're better just to shut up and yeah, okay, all right, okay, yeah, sounds good. So I was doing that, and at one point he, he looked at me and he goes, you know, Taylor, you need to understand. Are you a wholesaler or are you a retailer? Are you, are you a depot or are you, are you selling it to the depots? And I didn't take that advice, but what it did was it kick-started my mind into thinking like, fuck yeah, he's right. Am I, I'm a manufacturer. I'm a wholesaler topsoil. That's what I want to do because the problem with doing, sorry, I'm going to take a sip of my coffee here. Mm. The problem with um, selling to just homeowners, um, and I guess this could be some advice to people that want to get into topsoil, um, and why I didn't like doing just the homeowners. I still sell to homeowners like through our website um, because I have my prices set so that I kind of know like, okay, I'm making money on it if I sell it through online. Um, and that doesn't mean that I'm charging crazy for it. It just means that I'm charging. There's no deals really online. Whereas if you call me, you're a homeowner. Um, I mean, I, ruin, I don't really go out for anything less than a truckload. But anyways, we can get into all of that in a, in a bit. But to continue on with the story, I basically thought to myself, okay, so, you know, driving around with, you know, my earplugs in my phone because I was the one delivering the soil and doing everything at the time. It was just me. Um, 
you know, driving around, texting on Kijiji, calling people nonstop. I'd, ha I'd have a little notepad and my hands would be dirty and the notepad would be like, it'd be like brown at the end of the day for me, like wiping topsoily mud all over it, writing down, okay, 5.30 p.m., delivery at this place, you know, uh, $250 check, he's going to be paying this, plus HST, one times 1.13 for our 13% harmonized sales tax here. And and those are, those were the days. And, like, I know that I'll remember those days for the rest of my life, like, literally doing... I mean, being totally unsafe about it. And I mean, fuck it. I'm transparent with you guys and always am. Like, I was driving the fucking dump truck down the road, texting like a fucking madman, trying to shift 18 gears, uh, you know, with 15 ton loaded in the back with AirPod wires dangling down from me. And you know what? Fuck it. That's what it took to fucking make the business. And, you know, I ended up getting a seatbelt ticket and stuff whenever I was motoring along like that. But... I spent about a year and a half in that dump truck just wheeling it, man. Just growing the business from my cell phone and Kijiji. And from there, that's whenever um, we had that kind of discussion that one night with that guy. And it really got my brain going. So the next year, what I really started doing was I was like, okay, hey, you know what? I'm going to start posting more on Instagram and I and I want to I want to reach landscapers and, and how do I do that so then I started researching into marketing and, and and targeted ads so then I understood targeted ads on Facebook and Instagram and I'm going to skip over that stuff because that's a whole other discussion for another day like doing targeted Facebook ads and, and Instagram you know promoted ads and, and stuff like that um so essentially, I understood how to do that, and I understood how to put my ads directly in front of the eyes of the people that I needed to get it into. Um, so that's just what I did. Um, I dumped some money into marketing, not a crazy month, like, like I'm talking maybe $100, $150 a month I was spending on targeted ads, but I had it so specific that I knew I was getting directly right in front of every person that I wanted to get in front of. And from there, um, I just I would send out priceless sheets to big companies in the area, uh, and then I had a really you know one really solid good contact um, who purchased a lot of soil off me last year, uh, and then just through Instagram and you know guys we have the best soil in all of Ottawa kind of branding the business around it branding that topsoil it kind of just became a thing that I was the topsoil king and I kind of got this bit of a nickname called the dirt dealer. Um, because I was selling dirt everywhere, like, I, <laughs> I said, it sounds hilarious, but seriously, I mean, my, I love dirt, and I was actually having this conversation with my old man, and kind of thinking about the next steps of, as term of scaling and growing the business, um, because I sold out of, honestly, probably 85% of every stockpile soil that I have here this year. Um, this, that's going to be a whole other kind of topic video, my totals and stuff, which will be on the main channel. But, um, this year was honestly fucking insane. Like to say the least, like I'm, this summer was nonstop madness. It was fucking the most incredible thing. Like I could, oh man, I get emotional. Like just saying that, like, I'm so passionate about what I do for a living that like. I posted a video and it didn't really do well on Instagram, but I was genuinely crying um, because, you know, just seeing all the moving parts and, and seeing how empty the yard is with soil when it was like, it, you know, three years ago, it felt like an, 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 an endless pit of fucking soil that I would never get to the end. And now that the end is near of soil and this was my best year to date, I'm like, fuck, like... I have to pull, you know, and now I have to have that conversation with myself, you know. What do I have to do in terms of scaling it up or do I scale it down? But then I have all these, you know, substantial amount of dollars in, in clientele now that want, like buying their soil off me because they like the quality. Um, so it's just, yeah, I'm kind of in a hard spot, but essentially that's how I grew the topsoil business. I don't want the whole video to be just me talking about topsoil, which majority of it is right now. I want to move on to some more questions, but honestly, I started growing it on Kijiji from there. I uh, realized that I wanted to, you know, target the landscape companies, big uh, construction companies that use a lot of soil, 
put targeted ads in front of them, sent out emails. Like, dude, I would fucking send emails. Let me just uh, re start re-recording here. Um, I, the video cuts out if you're listening. Um, my memory card only allows me to film for half an hour because of the speed that it records at. And then I have to re... Anyways, welcome back. Um, so yeah, it, it's just, you know, like large construction companies I reached out to and it was, uh, it, it was, it was super cool. But we're going to move on here. Man, I'm fucking insane. Uh, the next question is dirt. Uh, it's by Jake. That's all he said. I think I just kind of covered that, bud. Um, now this guy, he was actually sent me a DM and I remember him sending me a DM uh, and he actually asked... Uh, when the podcast was being re-released. And your, his name is Ricardo Dition, Ricardo Dition MX5. Um, he says, your life up until getting involved with KWC. Well, okay, what am I at? I'm at 53. Okay, so I'll give this five minutes because I have to, I have to time, I fucking keep myself on a time because I could talk for four hours about that. Like, it's insane. We're going to have a sip of coffee here. You should too, all right? If you're not having a coffee, go make one. Have a fucking sip. Cheers. Toast. Here's to, um, you know, caffeine addiction. Mm. My life up until KWC. Well, I have been officially with KWC for about, um, about six years, I guess, on paper, six years. Um, but obviously... It being a family business, um, I was like five years old on job sites. Uh, my dad wouldn't leave me and be like, all right, giddy, have a good day there, boy. Um, but in the terms of like being around it, and then like when I was like 12 or 13, like, oh, you're supposed to be 16, but you know, let's say I was 16 on job sites from, you know, when I could basically start helping out, holding a hand shovel. Uh, and there's totally photo evidence of all of this. If y'all don't believe me, fuck all y'all that don't believe me. No, I'm just kidding. I love you. Um, but my life up until KWC, um, uh, it was just, I had a great life growing up. Like, if that's kind of what you're wondering, like my life growing up, like we grew up middle class. Um, when I was first born until I was like six or seven, um, we struggled as a family because the business was um, in the process of my grandfather dying um, and kind of my dad taking over. And my grandfather was an amazing businessman. Um, and, you know, I, I credit him fully for that. But um, maybe there were some aspects of from what my dad tells me that he wasn't the best with money. Like he was very much in the sense where like, hey, you want something? Just go get it. Um, and, you know, even if you don't have the money, just, just go do it, which is, I know a lot of you are going, that's terrible, but you know, sometimes you gotta, which tells me that my grandfather was a risk taker, which I sympathize with because I'm a fucking risk taker too. Um, I don't go buy shit that I can't afford, but I definitely have done things in the past where, you know, with investing, either it be kind of a shady stock or something like that. I've definitely done more of a kind of risk thing. Um, so for the first five or six years of my life, like I remember it was like, you know, like it was like lots of craft dinner. Um, and you know, Christmases were not amazing. Um, money was super tight. Um, and that was kind of always a discussion around home from what I can remember. Um, you know, like, you know, parents would get in an argument about money and like my mom, I grew up lucky enough where my mom um, you know, well, when I, well, sorry, I'm jumping ahead. When I was, you know, six to seven years old, my mom, like, uh, we had a babysitter every night. My mom worked, uh, she, my mom was a hairdresser by trade. Um, and she would work, you know, all day, all night. Um, cause hairdressing, you gotta wait for people to come off work kind of. And she had a salon at the house. So I grew up with the smell of perm just like throughout my house. That's just normal for me. Um, but my mom worked super incredibly hard, just like my dad. Um, to provide, you know, put food on the table for us. And that's what it took. My mom and my dad working their asses off just to pay the bills on the house. They had two mortgages, um, you know, and being totally transparent with you guys. It was, it was super tough for them at the start, like really tough. Um, but I was super young. 
And then it wasn't until my dad took over the business in like kind of 2001. So I guess I was six. Um, I remember him come. I remember him coming down. I, I remember this. This is fucking cool. I've never even sh- like told my my friends or my family or any of the story that I remember this. I remember like holding a D cell battery and being in the basement of our house that I grew up in until I was eight years old. And I remember my dad coming downstairs and him and my mom talking about like, yeah, we're like, we're going to buy the property. Like, we're going to do it. And like, I remember my mom and my dad just having this conversation about buying this property and me like going like, what? Like, I'm eight years old and like we've struggled out up until this point or I'm six or seven. We struggle up to this point. And I'm like, what? Like, we're moving. I, I don't. Is everything OK? And then. From there, uh, we moved up into Dunrobin. And I just remember we went from living in a house, you know, that was respectable, obviously, uh, on some nice land out in the country. Um, but then we moved into this house in a cul de sac, like a subdivision, you know, classic white suburbia um, with massive rock walls. And the house was huge. And we got an in ground pool and a hot tub. and. I would just, I, and I just remember thinking like, holy fuck, this is insane. And I remember all my friends then were like, dude, holy fuck, man, you're rich as fuck, which wasn't the case at all. We were definitely middle class um, and still are middle class. Um, rich is rich. Like rich is a very hard word to fucking start throwing around there because everyone has different definitions of rich, but we're definitely middle class. There's no throwing around cash for the fuck of it in this family at all. Um, But I remember that kind of transition. So in the sense of how did I grow up before, um, like my early life, I had an awesome upbringing. Like I remember Christmases of, you know, PS4s, Nintendo Wii's, like my parents spoiled the fuck out of me and I'm not going to sit here and try to deny that because that was the life that I fucking lived, and I'm not gonna tell a lie about it. Um, I lived a great life growing up. I definitely had more than majority of my friends, um, and that's just what it is. Uh, and I'm ho- I hope that I can do that for my kids, um, it sh- and I don't want them to ever be ashamed of that. And, and honestly, growing up, that was the biggest thing that I got bullied for like, I got bullied a lot in elementary school. Me and my friends would get, like, chased and picked on, and kids would tell me that, like, they're going to put my dad in a meat grinder, and their dad hates their dad because it was a small town, right? And then dad got money, and it was, like, it was just kind of this whole bullshit thing. And I remember I just, like, you know, my good friends obviously didn't give a fuck, but obviously they talked about it and shit, and we always wanted to come to Taylor's house and shit like that. But... That was my life growing up. I had a great upbringing, and my dad worked his ass off for that. Like, that's why my dad did what he did, was for us, for his family. And my dad worked incredibly hard, and, and, and I didn't see much of my dad, I guess, through the ages of, like, 8 to... Honestly, probably, I'm going to say 18, um, because, like... Our thing wasn't like hunting and fishing. I mean, we went out, like probably I could count on one hand how many times we've been out hunting together um, or like done anything like extracurricular like that with each other. Um, Our thing was like business. If I was hanging out with my dad, we were going to work. And that's why I am the guy that I am today. Sorry, the man that I am today Um, is because of my dad and because of everything that he honestly has done for us as a family, and my mom as well. Uh, my mom, my poor mom, she's getting no, no credit for any of this. And this is where my mom comes into play with all this. Is like I said, my dad wasn't really around for a lot. Um, you know, like we go on family vacations, and my dad would stay and work, um, which I fully understand. At the time, I didn't understand, but I understand that now. Um, and it's because of him that I will be able to spend more time with my kids, which are his grandkids, um, which is fucking incredible. And that's why my dad is literally the... Fuck, dude, I'm going to cry talking about this shit. That's why my dad is the fucking man that he is. And, like, he's fucking incredible. But onto my mom now. Um, 
you know, my mom was the, like the glue to the family. My mom held the family together. My mom put up with that. My mom put up with a husband who wasn't present all the time. Like if I had my mom here, that's a great idea. Mom, if you're listening to this, we got to do a podcast. Um, my mom, you know, she would even sit here and say like, my dad wasn't good with kids. My dad was not good with babies. Um, my dad wasn't good with us growing up. Uh, he just wasn't kind of around. He was really always fixated on business, which is exactly like me now. Um, but my mom, uh, like I said, she worked her ass off doing hair uh, in, in a salon in our house, um, you know, constantly, all the time, just clients, 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 clients. And then it wasn't until like, I don't know, I, was, I guess I was in high school. She started to slow down a bit and she went down to like three days a week, um, which she needed to do because... You know, the house needed to get cleaned. Uh, we needed to get fed. Um, you know, there was extracurricular driving, hockey, uh, ringette stuff, which my dad did a lot of that extracurricular stuff too, driving my sister, you know, to ringette and shit like that. But, you know, without my mom, there would be no us because my mom was like, I guess my mom and my dad had a very typical um, stereotypical, like, male-female roles, like... Um, not in the sense where my dad made all the money. My mom made a killing, too. My mom was an amazing hairdresser. She actually just retired last week. So congrats, Mom, on that. Happy for you. Um, but it was very much, you know, like, majority of income was coming from, you know, dad, and mom was more of the house mom, you know? And, and house mom in the sense where she looked after everything else, like, fucking everything, man, like everything to do with our schooling, uh, uh, like, just our lives, like, which is honestly probably more difficult than actually growing a business, um, especially when you have me as a kid. So my life growing up before KWC um, wasn't easy on my mom, because um, my mom was the one that kind of had to deal with me all the time. Um, you know, I started drinking when I was 14, 13, 14, started smoking cigarettes when I was 15, um, you know, smoked a bit of weed and shit like that in high school, um, which I don't think weed's a, uh, weed's a, a problem. I mean, weed, so if you're listening in the States, weed is federally legal in Canada. Um, and, you know, I loved, you know, participating in a little recreational marijuana. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, I think that if that's something you like, then fucking have at it. Just like if somebody likes going home at night and having a, a pint of beer, that's not my thing. But if that's your thing, then hey, that's your fucking thing. Um, but anyways, I was worse with alcohol and drugs and growing up. And I was hard on my mom with that stuff because I would be the type of kid that I'd be gone from. My mom and dad wouldn't hear or see from me from like Thursday to um, Sunday. Uh, and then I would come home, literally sleep all Sunday and then wake up for school on Monday, and then, you know, I'd be gone after school on Monday. Uh, I worked at a, a garage changing oils, uh, oils, changing oil for cars and, and, and changing uh, winter tires and shit like that. Um, so I'd just go to work and then come home, sleep. Like, I just was not a good kid. Like, no, I was a good kid, but I just was, like, really involved with trying to be super fucking cool because I was trying to fit into a crowd that I didn't fit into. I was trying to be somebody that I wasn't. And um, anybody listening here right now is like, just be yourself. Don't try to fit into a crowd that you are not don't fit into. Um, I thought that I was this type of person, but it ends up I'm actually this type of person that's in front of you guys today. Um, someone who wants to change and inspire and progress with society and not hinder and slow and be kind of an anchor to society. Um, and that's kind of, I guess, what I was. I wasn't contributing anything positive to the world. Um, so I was just kind of shitty growing up, man. Like parties, like we, I was part of that group. I was that group. I was popular in high school. I was super popular in high school. But like, if I could do it all over again, I wouldn't be fucking popular. I wouldn't be the in the party group, the house party group, um, you know, the smoking cigarettes and fucking acting shitty. And, yeah, I was just part of that group. Like, we didn't really have jocks at our school. Like, we had guys that were good at fitness, but, like, we all hung around together. And, like, 
the cool kids at our school were the ones who drank, partied a lot, and like were the most country. Um, and that's honestly the group that I've stuck myself into. Um, and you know, with that came a lot of problems, um, a lot of problems, um, which maybe we could get into on another day. But my life before KWC was definitely more chaotic and not as structured. <laughs> now that I kind of have more life shit together, I guess, which I still don't. I'm st like, even this week has just been crazy for me because I have so much going on outside of business and just kind of like, I'm having a really hard time managing um, my like work-life balance. Um, so yeah, like that's why I kind of made the joke at the beginning about Instagram and YouTubers, how they can't be like, you know, sad or like not positive all the time. And it's like, it kind of feels like that a lot um, because you know, it's easy to get wrapped up with numbers. And I think that, you know, for the past, the last, last week, I was very much wrapped up in the wrong mindset. I was wrapped up in the mindset that I was going to do daily videos on my main channel. Um, I was wrapped up in the mindset that I needed to, you know, be at the top, be at the top, but not at the top as terms of like quality of content, uh, at the top as terms of numbers. And I realized that over, honestly, just the past two days, I've just felt depressed, like just felt like shit. Um, this is crazy because on this podcast, I have no problem sharing this, knowing that thousands of people will listen to it. Um, but like if somebody was sitting here with me right now, it would be different, um, which is funny. But that's why I, I like doing what I do because it's good for me. But anyways, the last two days I've been kind of off, I guess, and I hate to use the word depressed, but I'm not like depressed in the sense where, you know, like suicidal or anything like that. Depressed in the sense where I just, I just don't feel, I didn't feel right. I feel good today. Today's a really good day because I kind of found what will work. I'm kind of, I'm doing the whole YouTube and Instagram and that's part of marketing, but I've been kind of just focusing solely on YouTube and Instagram and forgetting about other things that are super important with marketing, which is like, i.e. our website, um, you know, finding new, you know, like today we added a careers page to our website, or I did, added a careers page to the website, um, which is fucking unreal. People can go to our website now and do that. I made a little uh, minute long video for, anyways. Um, yeah, I just basically needed to not take a step back but ask myself, what am I, am I doing this for the right reasons? And you guys, you know, learn from my fucking mistakes and learn from what I'm saying. Like everything I'm saying right now is totally 100% authentic and real and you need to listen to it because I'm living it. And, and the whole new era of social media and chasing numbers, it's not fucking, it doesn't make sense. Um, if you're putting out videos just to, to, to put out videos for views, you're doing it wrong. And I lost touch of that in my last two videos. And it showed with views. Um, well, I shouldn't say that. My remodeling video, I actually truly enjoyed love making because it was a, something that I did with my own hands. Um, we're gonna have a sip of coffee. But I know I said five minutes talking about this stuff, but it's kind of super important and I want people to learn from my mistakes and I want people to understand that you have to make sure that whatever choices you're making in life that you're making them for yourself and not for other people um, because it's really easy to get caught up in the life of social media and it's super easy to get caught up with numbers and whenever you're riding this roller coaster like like the ticket, 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 you're crawling to the top of that roller coaster, ready to go off, the, hit the top, and then you're ready to dive over the edge and down. And I just felt like I was kind of clicking up the roller coaster, but instead of every time it clicked, I was going forward, I was kind of clicking, but it was going backwards, back down towards the start. And I just needed to ask myself, first of all, why do I feel this way mentally? And why am I not performing? And those two go together hand in hand. It's because I'm chasing something that's intangible. I'm chasing a number, which is an intangible thing. But something that's, that's tangible is the feeling of, you can feel the feeling of the dopamine being released whenever you're happy or when you're satisfied with something that you made. Um, and for me, that's the form of video and videography and editing. 
and drones and just sharing stories and sharing authenticity throughout social media. And anyways, the last kind of two, three days have, have been kind of a little bit of a, a hard go. Um, but, I mean, that being said, I pulled myself right out of it. Um, and today, again, like I said, I kind of realized I was neglecting on other stuff as that or is hindering the business that can actually really help the business, like search engine optimization, doing SEO work today. Um, you know, I watched a couple of videos on kind of back end of it and, and how to get in there and do it more. And I actually have a full comp compensation, comp comprehension of um, SEO work. And I did a bunch of that today. And now we're appearing uh, whenever you type in searches that I want people to search for, for our, our website, we're popping up like within the top two or three, which I was like, damn, this is insane. And just the, the immediate gratification that I got from seeing myself like doing, not knowing anything about it, which is something that I'm really fucking good at. And that's something that like I'm happy with myself about is that like I pick up on stuff super easy. Like if I put my mind into something, I can figure it out. Like if I needed to be a chartered accountant in a year and a half, I could fucking do it. Like I know I could. There's not a doubt in my mind. If I put my mind into something, I'm super great at it. But if I don't care for for anything and I and I try to put my mind into it, I don't succeed at it. Um so, you know what? This has been a super long podcast. I have a couple more questions that we are going to leave um, for tomorrow. Or sorry, for the next podcast, um, Devery's Custom Welding. He says, what foods do you take in your daily diet that give energy? Healthy stuff, dude. Stay away from breads. Stay away from processed. Stay away from sugars. Um, and just eat healthy, clean, natural, organic um, you know, a little bit of red meat, not a lot, a little bit of red meat, fish, get those omegas, make sure you're taking vitamins. I take a daily vitamin. I also take an omega supplement, um, stuff like that. But I think we covered a lot. Uh, I want to end it, uh, on kind of a positive note. Um, we had a ton of streams on Spotify. So if you're listening on Spotify, thanks guys. That truly means a lot. And honestly, just with, again, like I said, these past couple of days has been super fucked for me. Um, but this felt amazing to get off my chest. And I want to thank you guys listening for tuning into Tay Talks and make sure to share it with your friends and follow, like, click, comment, whatever the fuck you guys can do um, because I want to go hard at this shit. And I, the messages that I get back from people are unbelievable. So thank you guys for tuning in to another totally wicked awesome episode of Tay Talks, and we're going to fucking catch you guys in the next one. You best believe it. I'm not going nowhere. All right. Peace. <laughs>